Welcome to the Healing Place Church devotional podcast. Join us Monday through Friday for a new daily devotional each day from the Healing Place Church pastors and staff. We hope this podcast will help you grow in your faith and will be a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. What's going on, HPC? We are so excited that you decided to join us today for your devotion time. And if you followed along with us the last couple of weeks, we have been in the book of Mark. And today we're going to continue in that book as we jump into Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. And it says this, So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first among you must be the slave of anyone else's. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. What a strong set of instructions that Jesus gives us here. Now, in order for us to understand the depth of what Jesus is saying here, I want us to kind of go backwards a little bit. Almost like watching an instant replay in a good football game. I want us to go back a couple verses to Mark chapter 10, verses 32 and 34. And we pick up here, and Jesus is walking with his disciples. He's on his way to Jerusalem, and he stops his disciples and brings them close to him, almost to say, hey, I need you to get this. And he sits with them, and he tells them, he begins to share with them, we're going to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be betrayed by the leading priest and the teachers of the law, they're going to sentence me to die and hand me over to the Romans. They will mock me, spit on me, beat me, and even kill me. But on the third day, I will rise again. Now you might think, man, that's a lot to throw on somebody on this road trip we're on, Jesus. Come on now. But this wasn't the first time Jesus shared with them on how he was going to die. In fact, he shares with them multiple times, but they just couldn't get it. And you can read that prior to Mark chapter 10. But because I believe that the disciples, they knew, because Jesus kept repeating himself, they knew that this time was coming soon. And the Bible says that two of them decide, look, we need to make a request to Jesus. And the Bible says that James and John step up and they go to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, we need a favor from you. And Jesus is like, what do you need? And they ask Jesus, when you establish this kingdom of yours, do you think that, that we could sit on the right and the left of you? Now, looking at this question, it's easy to see that even those closest to him didn't understand truly what the kingdom of God would look like. Like so many others, James and John, they thought that, would, that Jesus would kind of be like the Roman predecessors that went before him, that he would roll into Jerusalem and he would create this earthly kingdom and take over everything. And that just like the earthly kingdoms that they've seen before, that there would be these positions of power. And these two guys were like, hey, we need to get ahead of this. We want those positions of power, and we want all the perks that come along with it. You know, I think about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who wrote a sermon about these particular scriptures. And he talks about this in his sermon, this instinct that all of us have inside of us. And he refers to this instinct as the drum major instinct. And he talks about in his sermon how, how all of us inside of us have this urge to, to get the attention of others. We have this urge to be first, this urge to almost to lead the parade. And if you think about it, he was right. And if you don't believe me, just have kids. Come on, somebody. 
You know that we don't have to teach our kids what they do when they're little, man. I have a two-year-old, and I know when my two-year-old wants attention, when she wants to get everybody's attention, it doesn't matter what we're doing around the house. But what does she do? She cries. She screams because she needs to know that our attention is on her. And Jesus, he knows that this is inside James and John. And so Jesus, he responds to their request. He says, you don't know what you're asking for. He says, are you able to drink from the cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized in? And these two guys, they're like, oh, yeah, we're able, Jesus. Come on, we're able, Jesus. We got that. Come on. Have you ever agreed to something that you didn't know what you fully agreed to? And I love how Jesus, he doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't laugh at their requests. He doesn't even knock them upside the head, which is probably sometimes what we deserve. Jesus, in this moment, he is gentle, but he is firm. He is gracious, but he's direct. And Jesus said, you will indeed get a taste. And I think about that, and I wonder in that moment, did he know that, that James would later be a mortar for him? Did he know that, that John would later be exiled to Patmos for his Christian beliefs? He goes on to say, but at the end of the day, I don't get to decide who sits at my right or who sits at my left. It's God's decision, and he has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Now, as the conversation goes on, the Bible says that the other disciples begin to hear what's going on, and they get angry, man. They get mad at these two disciples. Now, we don't know if they get mad because, hey, I can't believe, James and John, you would ask Jesus such a question, or were they mad only because they didn't think to ask it first? But either way, they get mad, and Jesus, he sensed this tension in the circle, and I love how Jesus always handles tension to the people that are around him. We see Jesus, what does he do? He's walking and all of a sudden he stops what he's doing. And he gathers those 12 that are so close to him. Almost to say, look, look, I can feel what's going on. I need you to understand what's happening. I need you to understand what you see. I don't know about you, but I love that I serve a savior that when I have questions or I misunderstand something, instead of just saying, oh, you just figure it out. He says, no, get close to me. Come, come here, come here. I want you to see what I see. I want you to understand what's happening around you. And I think about that, and that's what he does. And it's here today that we pick up in this scriptures, this heartfelt conversation between him and his disciples. And he's explaining to them what the kingdom of God is really about. And in verses 42 and 43, Jesus tells them God's kingdom isn't like the kingdoms you've seen before. In fact, it's totally opposite of what you've seen up to this point. And Jesus, he then begins to draw a contrast between rulers of the world and leaders in the kingdom of God. He says, rulers of the world, they're over here and they flaunt their power and authority over their people. But in God's kingdom, we use our power and influence to serve those around us. I love this. Again, Jesus, he doesn't condemn the disciples' ambition for greatness. Instead, what does he do? He defines what greatness is in God's kingdom. And it's simply this, church. Believers are saved to serve others. That's it. I hope you're catching this today. 
Our greatest accomplishment as believers, as followers of Christ, is not to become a ruler. It's not to climb some spiritual ladder that religion tries to make you climb or to be the boss of a group of people. Our greatest accomplishment in God's kingdom is to become a servant to those around us. Well, who are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about it starts in the people that live inside your home. I'm talking about that spouse that chose you to be their spouse, serving them. It's serving those kids that you prayed for and God has given you. It starts inside the home, and then it begins to expand a little bit to your friends, to your coworkers, for those that, that you work for, for those that work for you. I'm talking about even those that we don't know, the ones that God allows to cross your path every single day. That's who you were created to serve. Now, here at HBC, we phrase it up into this sentence, into this idea by saying this. Here at HBC, it's not about a title, it's about a towel. And I've been here over 12 years, and I have heard this over and over and over again. And I'll never forget hearing it the first time with a dear mentor of mine, someone that, that had a heart about this, someone that was a follow, uh, fellow overseer of this house, someone who passed away almost a year ago, Brother Jim Wrench shared this on our stage and it was like it was yesterday where he wrapped that towel around him and he began to break down graciously what Jesus did for us and for his those that are closest to him in John chapter 13. And it says this in John 13, 3 through 5. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he came from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments and took a towel and wrapped himself. After that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was wrapped. Think about this, church. Jesus, the one you serve in this moment, knew that he had all the power of the universe in his hands. Yet he doesn't choose to use the power in his hands to inflict conflict over his disciples. What does he do? What is, he doesn't try to inflict control over these guys. What does he do? He instead gets up humbly and he walks over to those that he cares about. And he begins to wash the feet of the disciples with those same hands. Jesus, he sets the example for all of us. And he did it over and over and over again through his life. He constantly plays value on the people around him. Church, he exemplified this much of his life so much so that he gave his life as a ransom for many, the Bible says. You may not know this, but when Jesus said the word ransom in verse 45, the word that, that, it, that is being applied here, it's being applied as a price paid to purchase the freedom of a slave or a prisoner of war. And it amazes me when Jesus says this, that it wouldn't be long after that, that Jesus would lay down his life as a suffering servant so that people like those disciples, people like you and I today can walk in a freedom of sin and condemnation forever. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something to be thankful for today? So as we go to wrap this thing up, I want to encourage you. If you're wondering, man, what am I created for? What am I supposed to do now that I've accepted Christ in your heart? 
You begin to concentrate on those people around you. You begin to serve those that God has brought in your path. Because like Jesus said, we can't look like the world we're living in. We have to be different. So what does that mean for me, Pastor? That means maybe it's through words of encouragement for someone. Maybe it's through an act of kindness. Maybe it's just offering someone forgiveness. Someone that maybe has offended you and you haven't spoken to for a while. But whatever that is, as believers, let's be a people that keep our head on the swivel, that look for the need, that meet that need, and let's love people like Jesus intended. Come on, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day. I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, Father. Continue to impact us so that we can impact others, Father God. Continue to let us see the need and continue to show us how much you love us and let that love overflow out of us and to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss any of the daily devotionals and be sure to share with your friends. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.